Bridge Youth, how are we feeling tonight? Spooky season's here. Who's stoked that fall has arrived? Who's stoked that it's cooling down? The weather is a little bit colder. It's time to bring out the flannels and the sweaters. Ladies, who's ready for the pumpkin spice lattes? Starbucks employees are livid. <laughs> hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. So stoked that you guys are here. Um, man, I, I, I was just uh, worshiping a moment ago and just, man, feeling so, uh, so grateful to be a part of this community and just kind of taking a look around and like, oh, man, like, love you guys so, so, so much. Um, Dude, last week, a bunch of our junior hires, you guys were at like science camp or something. Just want to say, missed you guys. My J-High boys, missed seeing y'all at the front, missed you guys. Um, man, like just feeling so grateful for you and the family that we have. And maybe you're here tonight and like, uh, maybe it's your first night here. And maybe you've never been to our church before. Maybe you've never been to church before in general. And like your friend dragged you here or something. And you had no idea you were like going to church. You thought you were going to Starbucks and they got you Starbucks and they said, oh, really quick pit stop. And now here you are. You're like, what's happening? Like, we're so stoked that you're here. If it's your very first time, maybe you're in the room or maybe you're watching online. You're the coolest person in the room. Like, seriously, we love meeting new people and we like welcoming our guests. You heard it already. You're about to hear it again. We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying we're here to build you up, not yeah, we love you. We back you. We're stoked that you're here. If you got a Bible, go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Um, really quick, uh, uh, next Wednesday. Somebody shout, next Wednesday. Look at your neighbor, say, next week. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell them, next week. Look at the person behind you. Tell them, next week. Look right up here and say, Corey, next week. I was trying to go higher pitched every single time, but the third time through, that's the highest I'm going, you guys. Um, next week is our Halloween hype night. Man, we are all about uh, worshiping God and growing closer to God, connecting with God, but we're also all about connecting with each other as well. And sometimes one of the most spiritual things you can do is just have fun with your church family. And so that's what we're going to do next week. Uh, come in your appropriate costumes and um, hang out. We're going to have candy. We're going to have snacks. Uh, me and Kenneth are cooking up the idea of trying to do a hot chocolate bar. Don't quote me on it. Not 100% sure we can pull it off or not, but we might. We'll see. Um, so that'll be next week. Hey, can I just tell you, uh, maybe you have a friend who's like, dude, church is not for me. I don't like, I don't want to go to church. Like, next week is the perfect time to bring them because literally it'll just be uh, fun. It'll be a good time. We will have costumes. We'll have candy. We'll have nothing but hype worship. We will even have, Lord willing, everybody cross your fingers. Don't do that. That's superstitious. We don't believe in that. Um, we're not superstitious, but we're a little stitious, okay? Um, we might even have our good friend Elias come and perform. He was at summer weekend. Be here again. Why do you say might, Corey? Because his wife is like super pregnant right now. And her due date is like two days before hype night. And so it's kind of Lord willing. The baby has to either like get here this weekend or next weekend in order for him to be here next week. Uh, but we have a backup plan if he can't perform. But if he can, you'll absolutely love him. If you didn't see him at Hype Night, if you did, you already know. Elias is our boy. He's amazing. So to me, Rad, don't miss next week. Let's look at your neighbor say, don't miss it. Look at your second neighbor say, even you. Even you. 
Look at the person behind you and say, you too. Did I mention how much I love you guys? Um, And tonight we're continuing in our series entitled Murder Mystery. Somebody go, ooh. We are in week two of this series, and this series, um, we are talking about the crucifixion. Here's the thing. The cross, the cross is not a piece of jewelry that you wear across your neck. It's not an accessory. The cross was an execution tool, not too different than the modern-day electric chair. The cross was torture, and in fact, it was such bad torture, the, the, the people of the day created a new word to describe the pain endured in crucifixion. It's where we get our word excruciating, which comes from the Latin out of the cross. The cross was manipulation. The cross was drama. The cross was crazy. The cross was murder. And in this series, we're going to talk about some of the mysteries surrounding the cross. And last week, we we talked about unmasking the murderer, unmasking the killer. Tonight, we're going to talk about the motive, the motive behind the murder of Christ. And we're not going to talk about the motive of the killer, because if you were here last week, if you weren't, go back, watch the podcast. If you were here last week, uh, we did the whole Scooby-Doo thing. We got to the end. We unmasked the killer. And oh my goodness, lo and behold, it was us behind the mask. We're the killer because the wages of sin is death. And it wasn't the Pharisees and it wasn't the people and it wasn't Judas and it wasn't Pontius Pilate that put Jesus on the cross. It was my sin. It was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. We're not going to talk about the motive of the killer as much as we're going to talk about the motive of the father. Why did God send Jesus to die on the cross? I think initially and obviously, first and foremost, if, if you are... Um, if you're new to the church, this might be new to you. If you've been around church for a little while, this is, this is not new to you. Obviously, one of the reasons that God, the Father, sent Jesus to die on the cross for us is for salvation, is so that we can make it to heaven. John 3.16, the most famous of all Bible verses, says, don't be intimidated that I memorized this. I am a pastor. I went through biblical studies in school and an internship. I've been doing this a long time. It is what it is, guys. I'm definitely making it into heaven and maybe before you, okay? So, so uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's right. One of the reasons that God, and the main, the core, the fundamental reason why God sent Jesus down the cross is for salvation, so that we can spend eternity in heaven with him. But, somebody say, but. It's your one chance to say, but in church. <laughs> like, I'm 12 years old in my mind, you guys, all right? Like, I, I was just gifted, like, a couple more, like, Funko Pop things, and I have my whole setup behind my desk. It looks super cool. Like, and I just got all of you to say, but, in church. But, one more time, say, but. <laughs> but, what are some of the more mysterious reasons and motives behind why Jesus came to die? And I'm not talking mysterious like, like they're confusing. I'm not talking mysterious like they're hidden. More so like they're mysterious because, well, We have a tendency to look past them. A lot of people have a tendency to forget them. Or there's a lot of people who just flat out don't know about these other reasons. And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. If you're taking notes, God loves you more. I love you more. You're definitely going to get a fast pass into heaven if you're taking notes in church. If you're not taking notes in church, I'm just believing for a big, old, long, giant hair. 
in your burrito the next time you go to Chipotle. Well, don't be mad at me. You guys are like sighing in disgust, but you're the one not taking notes in church. Fair is fair, you guys. (laughs) Write this down if you're taking notes. All you will ever need, this is your sermon in a sentence, all you will ever need was purchased for you on the cross. Somebody say amen. Come on, is anybody else thankful that every single need we would ever need was purchased for us on the cross 2,000 years ago? Anyone else just believe that the cross is sufficient? Everything that we would ever need was provided for us on the cross by Jesus. So thankful. So, so, so thankful for that. And now, now here's the next part. All All we will ever need was purchased for you on the cross, and it's extended by grace, received by faith. It's extended by grace, received by faith. Amen? Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word tonight? We've got a whopping four, five, six, three verses that we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 55, uh, verse four. We're going to be Isaiah 55, verse four. Two, six. Junior high boys, I missed you so much last week. Any of you guys want to come read the scripture for us? Junior high boys. Junior Dane, you are not Dane and Elijah are not in junior high. You're both grown men. First of all, you are six foot tall. Zay, you can dunk, okay? First of all. What shirt is that? Is that a motorhead shirt? I thought it was a motorhead shirt. You're wearing a motorcycle shirt? That's what I'm talking about. Love it. Okay. But I want a junior high boy. Trip? Does Trip want to read? Come on, Trip. Come on, but you look so good in your backwards hat, your long hair, dude. <laughs> All right. Dane, Dane and Elijah, come on. Come on up here. Dane and Elijah, come on up here. We'll do this. Motorcycle, motorcycle shirt. Come on up, too. We got three verses, three of you. Come on. The three of you will read our, our verses. You'll just have to pass my iPad to each other. Don't drop it, okay? All right. I'll start with you, Dame. You read verse number four. We should have like four. Okay, you'll read that first verse. And then we got five. And then we got six. Actually, you know what? We'll start here. Bink. You see those yellow things? Oh, will you look? I wasn't even tell you what verse is. So you'll read the first one. And then when you get to five, you can hand it to Dane. He'll read the next one. And then when you get to six, hand it to Elijah. He'll read the next one. All right? All right, ready? Here we go. God's word. Isaiah 55, verse number four to six. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Thank you. The punishment that brought us all peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Uno mas. That means one more. (laughs) We all like sheep. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity iniquity of us all. Yeah. Hey, give it up for our readers tonight. Hey, before you sit down, let's pray a really long, very, very spiritual prayer. God, speak to us tonight. Thank you that we beat the Broncos last week. Help the Lakers. And please, God, help the Dodgers. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, grab a seat. Grab a seat. Uh, what's one of the random things in life that worries you? Anybody else just worried about random, certain random things in life? What are the most random things that worry you? What did you say? Yeah, right? No, no way should the Dodgers be down two to one in this series. I know. It is what it is. You know one of the things that worries me? That there's actually people out there that root for the Patriots. <laughs> what the heck? 
<laughs> the Lakers defense is worrying me right about now. You know what worries me? The Dodgers are down two to one. How? How is that possible? Uh, you know what worries me? This one's kind of, this one is actually kind of deep a little bit, and I'm not even going to elaborate on it. Young men's place in the world, like, it worries me. Uh, what else worries me? People who step on your shoes. Like, if you, like, people all the time, there's certain people that will come up to me to say what's up, and I'll be like, hey, how you doing? Like, <laughs> lint, bro, lint worries me. Like, when I got lint on me, like, anyone else a dog person? Where are all the dog people at? Let's go. My people. Any cat people in the room? You're cat people. Cool. You're one of the people who worry me. <laughs> You're one of the things that worry me in life because, well, uh, people uh, worshipped cats. Um, they were called the Egyptians. Those people enslaved God's people for over 400 years. Coincidence? I think not. Okay. <laughs> But lint, like, and when a dog comes over to me and I'm wearing an all-black outfit, kind of like this, and I'm like, you're so cute. I want to pet you so bad, but I'm going to pay dearly if I do because your hair is going to be all over me. Like, lint, isn't it, anybody else get worried after you're eating chips and salsa that you have, like, something stuck in your teeth? Where's all the people who, like, just be honest, be honest in God's house right now. If you see something in somebody's teeth, Raise your hand if you're not going to tell them. You're just, I don't want to tell you. Like, you feel bad, right? Okay. You people, you're a bad friend and you worry me. If I have something in my teeth, just tell me. You don't have to be like, yo, Corey and everybody else, you got something in your teeth, you idiot. Just come over and whisper to me, yo, check the teeth. Like, you could do it quick and discreet, right? Like, just certain things in life that worry me. Like, how are there people who don't like Star Wars? That's, how? Like, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, so one time I got super, super worried. I, I was on my way to hang out with some friends kind of on the other side of town, and, and I was running a little bit late, so I was going exactly the speed limit, and um, like, a, like good Christians do, and... And I was coming up to a, you ever like, you ever coming up to a red light and then the red light turns green, but then the person at the red light, like you're not yet at a stop and the person at the red light's not going yet. So you're like, okay, no problem. You do all the things, you know, and you get over and you're like driving and you like get over the next lane, right? And you go past them. Well, I did that. This car was a black Escalade with tinted windows. And I was like, I just drove past like gangsters for sure. Like they're drug dealing, drug muling drug hustling gangsters who probably have like Tommy guns or something in their car. And so um, this theory of mine as I passed them was confirmed by the fact that they started chasing me. Not kidding. I'm in my little black hatchback Volkswagen TDI and they're in an Escalade and they start chasing me all over South Temecula. You ever look out your like rear view mirror and you see the car behind you making every single turn that you're making and then at a certain point you're like, it's beyond coincidence. Like they must be falling. And then you turn on your street at your house and they turn on your street at your house and then you do that thing where you're like, I'm not pulling into my driveway. <laughs> I'm gonna drive past my house because this, and then they pull into their house like 17 houses up and you're like, oh. I was just tripping. Well, that didn't happen to me. These people kept following me, and they were following me everywhere, and I'm trying to dust these people. I'm trying to get rid of them, and I can't. They're keeping up. They're on my tail. Hot pursuit, and I'm the one being pursued. Finally, we get to this place where I hit some traffic. The light is red, and it's now inescapable. They're pulling up next to me. 
in their black Escalade with the tinted windows. Then I'm like, the drug-mealing gangsters are about to kill me. And rolling up next to me is the Hoff family. <laughs> Bree and Alexa and some of our students are there. Their mom's driving. And they're like, hi, Pastor Corey. We saw you when you went by. We saw this thing. And so we thought that we'd chase you at 80 miles an hour all across South Temecula. And I was like, oh, hi. I thought I was going to die, you guys. Like, I was like so, so worried. Like, what's the most worried you ever have been about anything? If you're taking notes, write this down. Our very first point tonight is this, freedom. What if I told you, don't worry about a thing. It's every little thing. It's going to be all right. Uh, the theologian himself spoke it so great. Write down the word freedom. I believe one of the motives of the cross, one of the reasons that Jesus came and died was so that you, somebody say you, somebody say you, that you could have freedom. Somebody shout freedom. He sounded like Mel Gibson from Braveheart. Freedom! Such a great movie. If you're over like 16 years old or 17, I don't know. If you're, I, how, how much older, Eric? You're a dad, like 18. Braveheart's a great movie, though. You kind of look like you could have starred in Braveheart, Eric. Do you, you like have the sword, probably? Man. If you guys don't know Eric, he is our security guard. He makes sure, he beats people up as they try to get in here and, you know... <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't try to do that. But uh, he does have a gun on him. Just kidding. He's got two guns on him. <laughs> just kidding. He hides a gun underneath his beard. I'm just joking, you guys. But he will pepper spray you if you try to storm the stage. He won't pepper spray you, but he will tase you. <laughs> when will the joke end? I'm just letting you wonder what's a joke and what's not. Murder mysteries. Am I right? <laughs> I think that, back to God's word, I think that one of the reasons that God sent Jesus, one of his motives was that so you and I could have freedom. One more time, somebody say freedom. Freedom from what, Corey? From it all. From it all. Freedom from worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety about what? All of it. Like everything. Turn on social media or don't. That might be a better idea. Go watch the news or don't. That might be a better idea. Go check out what's happening in the world. And if you do, you will be filled with such worry and anxiety. And I believe one of the things that Jesus purchased for us on the cross is freedom from all of that worry and anxiety. Where's all my seniors in high school at? Where are you at, seniors? John, put your hand down, boy. <laughs> In your Yankees hat, man. I should kick you out for wearing that hat. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. Like, oh, gosh. Where am I going to college next year? <gasps> like, every single senior is like, if you don't know the answer to that question, all the adults in your world are like, What's wrong with you? And then you're just filled with like worry and it's like, I believe Jesus came and died on the cross so you could have freedom from that. I believe Jesus came and died on the cross so you could have freedom from depression, freedom from anxiety, 
freedom for worry about your future because, oh my gosh, sometimes life just goes so crazy that we can be filled with such fear and anxiety and worry that it like cripples us. But can I just tell you tonight, if you are in God's will, his protection's on you, his favor is on you, his mercy is on you, his forgiveness is on you. If God's got your back, then you do not have to worry. You have freedom from all of that. Rest easy, baby girl (laughs) or baby boy, whichever one. Freedom from what? All of it. Every bit of it. I love this verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. It says, it is for freedom. Somebody say freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's so, like, isn't that kind of a redundant statement? It's for freedom that Christ. It is for Chipotle that I bought Chipotle. It is for coffee that I bought. Like, it, it's so redundant. But if God, the creator of the universe, is kind of repeating himself, don't you think we should pay attention? He said, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Slavery to what, you might ask? Specifically, in context, what he's talking about here is sin. Slavery to sin. Freedom from the burden and the weight of sin. Let's jump into a little bit of a history lesson uh, of the people of God. Pre-Jesus, the way in which the people of God would atone for their sin, because Jesus had not yet died to pay the ultimate price and sacrifice for the atonement of sin. What's the word atonement mean, Corey? Like forgiveness, the covering of your sin. You know what they had to do? Look at your neighbor and say, what did they have to do? The vegans are about to be so mad. You had to go out to your flock of aminals and find the best of the aminals, your little, little sheep, and you had to kill it as an offering. I'm not that guy, dude. Like, I'm not. I hit a bunny in my car one time, and I cried, bro. I tried. I saw it on the freeway. I saw it coming. I was like, no. And I like did. it was way too late to turn quick. There was a car on my left, the shoulder on the right. So I tried to put it between the wheels, you know, so that, like, I wouldn't hit it. I, and I got right there, aimed it perfectly. It was good. And then, like, halfway down my car, I heard, Little dude just picked his head up. <laughs> I was like, I was going to cry. Like, I, dude, Old Testament was gnarly. Like, and, and you know what? Like, you know what would happen for the people of God who were so concerned with, like, I really, really, like, I just want to stand righteous before God. You know what would happen? They would lay their head down at night on their rock or their pillow or whatever they used for pillows in that. Did anybody else in the room say pillow? Come on, don't leave me up here alone. Pillow. Pillow, people. I love a few of you. Anybody else, the thing that worries you most in life is people that say pillow and milk. Okay, give me a glass of milk. Could just really go for a nice cold milkshake right now. Delicious Chick-fil-A milkshake. <laughs> you know what, uh, um, you know what happened? Uh, they would lay their head down at night and they would be filled with such a weight of anxiety and worry over their sin because they had a responsibility to atone for their own sin. So before they went to sleep every night, they would sit there and think, did I sin today? 
Oh my gosh, did I sin? Did I say anything? Did I do anything? Did I act in a way that could have been sinful? And there's, man, like there was like 650 plus laws of Moses that they had to abide by. So try memorizing that and then every single day taking an inquiry and an inventory of whether or not you sinned and every single day thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, if I sin and I don't atone for my sin and I die, ah, I don't know where I stand before God and you would be filled with such anxiety and stress. And can I tell you tonight, that's one of the reasons Christ died. So that you could have peace. So that tonight, when you lay your head on your pillow, that you don't have to stress that. Because the once and for all sufficient sacrifice has been made. The price has been paid. That rhymed and I didn't even mean it. I'm a poet, I didn't even know it. And you can have peace. You know Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. And you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, did I, did I sin? Did I mess up? Did I say anything? Did I do anything? Did I think anything that could be sin? Because if so, I, I, oh wait, I don't have to do anything because Jesus already did it. And I, I don't know about you, man, but I'm just so thankful for that type of freedom. So then, you know, the scripture says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. So cool, like we have freedom, right? And we don't have to worry about sin anymore, right? We just got grace. So like we could just sin all we want, right? Wrong. Thank you. Was that you, Kenneth? Those, I can't even see who that is. The haze and the lights are, I am, who, Josiah, good man, you know your Bible. You probably have memorized Romans chapter 6, verse number 15 in the New Living Translation, which of course says, well then, since God's grace, I feel like the Apostle Paul here is like being so sarcastic. Anybody else have like a really strong sarcastic voice? I'm sarcastic so often that sometimes people like misinterpret my regular talking for sarcasm. So I'll have to like, I'm being serious. And they're like, oh, Dang it, I should probably stop being sarcastic so much. He says, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not! Exclamation point. Of course not. Can I even say that if that's your thinking, you have probably missed it entirely. You have probably not really captured the essence of the gospel. All the freedom you will ever need was purchased for you on the cross. On the cross. All the freedom. And then it's extended by grace and it's received by faith. Well, how do I receive freedom by faith? When your own mind, listen to me. When your own mind, when your own thoughts and your own heart tell you that you're guilty, you remind yourself that you're forgiven and you're free. Why? Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But Corey, I don't feel free. That's why you have to receive it by faith because faith doesn't have to do with your feelings. Faith is saying, God, I'm gonna trust you over my feelings, amen? All right, let's keep moving. Uh, the next thing, write this down. Write down the word healing. What's the most pain you've ever been in your life? Just think about it right now. Hey, where's all my skaters at? Where's all the people who skate? Where's the scooter kids? Where you at? Scoot or die. Bikers? Any bikers in the room? And, of course, we don't want to leave out. Oh, really, before we get there, dirt bikers? Where are the dirt bikers? You guys are there. <laughs> like, 
dirt biking, it's, it's not a matter of if you're going to break a bone. It's a matter of when you're going to break a bone if you're going to dirt bike. And I don't want to leave out, of course, um, rollerbladers. Where you at, rollerbladers? <laughs> Just leave it at that. Me, we, me and Amber, we went, to, uh, we went to the skate rink, the roller rink, for uh, our worship guy's kid's birthday party. <laughs> it was so comedy seeing the kids who were really good at roller skating, because you look at them and you're like, this is what you do on your Friday nights, <laughs> and that's kind of crazy. Anyways, <laughs> um, man, one of the, mo- like the, the most pain I've ever been in my life, I remember this a long time ago, Super Bowl Sunday, I chose, I didn't care about, the Raiders weren't playing, so I didn't care, so I went skating with a, a bunch of my friends, like, all I cared about growing up was skateboarding, I was all about skateboarding, and, and I was trying for the first time, um, a, I, I, I had board slid a seven-stair handrail before, but I'd never board slid a handrail with a kink, everybody know what a kink is? It's where the rail is not just straight down, but at the bottom, it's like flat like that. So like they're really tough because you get to the kink and your board will just kind of like fly out or you'll fly forward or whatever. So I'm trying this for the first time and I'm downtown Riverside trying, trying, trying over and over and over again. And I keep doing the like, like if you're, if you don't skate or scoot or like bike or whatever, like you really don't know the frustration of this moment when like you're kind of going for something, but you're sort of just chickening out and you're just kind of like throwing your board or your scooter there and you're just jumping out. And he's like, I was like frustrated with myself because I kept doing that over and over and over again to get the feel for it. And I was like, my friends are like, let's go to the next spot. And I was like, great. Right. And I was like, forget it. I'm going to commit. I'm just going to commit. That's like the big, like if you're going to skate, scoot, <laughs> rollerblade, bike, whatever, you got to commit. And so I'm like, I'm going to commit. And so I, I, I roll up. I'm riding and I, Ollie, I try to get onto the, the rail. But what happens is like as I go to board slide, my trucks clip the rail like I'm going to no slide. I'm not planning on no slide. I'm planning on board sliding. So my board hits and drops, and I keep going. What did I say was at the end of the rail? Yeah, so the kink on the rail found between my legs, and it was literally like, just imagine the kink down there, and it was, yeah, so worst pain of my life, dude. It was, it hurt so bad. I cannot even explain to you the level, the level of my hurt. And then my friends exasperate the problem by saying, Corey, get up. You have to jump up and down. And I was like, why would I do that? They're like, because stuff could get stuck in your stomach. And I was like, Oh my God! I'm like jumping, like scientifically that makes no sense, but like it kind of does, and I'm terrified, and in the worst pain of my life, dude, it was so bad, like so bad. I cannot explain to you how bad it was. It was so bad. To this, I was like nauseous. I was, I was seriously like, like starting to gag because I was going to throw up how bad it hurt. What's the worst pain you've ever been in in your life? <laughs> I got stung by a bee on the pinky the other day, actually. Literally, I was at the range, Noah, and I was, I was practicing my putting. I was like, ooh, that one's going in. I was like, oh, what's that? And I look, and there's a freaking bee on me, stung me. I was like, what the heck, dude? I didn't do nothing to you. So what's the point? The point is this. Yeah, Jesus died for our salvation. Yes, Jesus died for our freedom. But did you also know that Jesus died for your healing? 
We read it just a moment ago, Isaiah 55, verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, we could talk all night about how one of the reasons that Jesus died was so that we could have peace. It was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. Do you need healing tonight? Do you need physical healing? God still does that. He still works miracles, and he still heals people. Do you need healing that's not maybe physical, but maybe it's mental, emotional? Can I tell you that our God is not limited in the things that he can heal, and he can heal that by his stripes, by his wounds. That healing is available to you tonight. Do you need spiritual healing? I love that there was a crippled man in front of Jesus, and Jesus responds to this guy. When all of his friends go heal the guy, he goes, okay, cool. Your sins are forgiven. What did he do? He healed the thing that was more important to him. He healed his spirit before he healed his body. But regardless of the healing that you need, can I tell you tonight it's available to you? Well, how? How do I get it? Well, it's been extended by grace. What does that mean? Grace is just something that you don't deserve. It's extended by grace, and it's received by faith. It's extended by grace, and it's received by faith. And I know what some skeptics might say right now. All right, Corey, well, if healing's available to us, then why is there still disease? How come, how come God doesn't just heal every single time? Maybe some of you in the room, you've prayed for healing over someone or maybe even yourself, and you didn't see healing happen. And you would say, Pastor Corey, I want to know why. If it's available to us, then why? To which I'd say, I don't really know. I have some ideas, and I could sit here all night and do an entire series just based around the things that block our healing. I think there's a ton of reasons. But I don't know. Why is it that in my life, in, in, the, in the many years I've been following Jesus, that I've prayed for people, and I've seen cancer healed. I've seen broken bones healed. I've seen God heal people right in front of my eyes. And then I've prayed for people, and I've seen what is visible to the naked eye Nothing happened. And why? I don't know. I have some ideas, but I don't really know. But here's what I do know. I know God's word to be true. So I'm just going to be the stubborn guy that just stands in faith and continues to believe that God will heal, that God can heal. So what, what are you going to do then, Corey? I'm just going to keep praying for healing. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until either God heals on this side of eternity or the next. Because here's one of the reasons. We're living right now in, I guess, what you could call an extended Saturday. What do you mean, Corey? 2,000 years ago on Friday, Jesus died. And then Saturday, there was a sort of lull over the entire planet. Jesus died. He was crucified. He was buried. And all the promises of Jesus had then already been fulfilled. Your sins are atoned for. The sacrifice have been paid. But they had not yet received all those things. It was like already but not yet. Like already they had it but not yet. It's like you've ordered your food and you can see on your phone that Uber is really close but it's not quite at your house. Like the food is already yours. It's already been purchased. It's just not in your hands yet. It's like you can almost taste it. You know what I mean? Is that just me? I'm hungry, you guys. 
I had two Hot Pockets and some celery today, okay? So, and a protein bar. I lied. I also had a protein bar. Pizza Hot Pockets trip, the pizza ones. They're something else, I'll tell you. But Sunday wasn't there yet because Jesus rose on Sunday. That event is like Friday, and Jesus is on his way back. He's going to return. Like, he said that. He's coming back. And when he does, there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more sin. And all healing will come 100% into fruition. But for right now, we're, we're, we're kind of standing and living in an extended Saturday. So you know what it is? It's like we're over here and we're over here. It's like we have our healing already, but not yet. And you can't really even put exactly into words how to make sense of that. But here's what I do know. I do know on the other side of eternity, ultimate healing will happen when we get there. But it's also available to us right now. Why else would Jesus tell us, no, pray like this. Our Father that, that, that's in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's like your name is so awesome. We just, God, you're so awesome. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you need healing tonight? Because it's available to you by his stripes we are healed now i'm going to keep holding on to that god's motive god's motive was freedom it was healing and as i close tonight the band heading up like oh my gosh Corey is kind of on time kind of number three write this down all access pass has anybody ever been to a concert Anyone ever been to a concert? I was like, I missed live music so much through quarantine. When concerts came back, me and Amber bought every single ticket to every single concert. Like, who's the artist? We don't know. We'll go to a country music concert for all we care. No, we won't. Not wasting my money on that. I ain't got no time for country music. I don't want to hear about your dog. I don't want to hear about your dog in your pickup. I don't want to hear about your dog in your pickup and the girl that broke your heart. I don't want to hear about the bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe. I don't care, okay? <laughs> country music is trash, all right? It's terrible. I don't like it. And I lost like 50% of the audience because we are very divided here. It's got kids who show up to bridge youth in cowboy boots who hate me right now. It's like, listen, I'm not, my dad, oh gosh, I'm not going to say it. My dad owns a, the biggest F-150 you've ever seen, all right? Like, love me some Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, or whoever else. Those are the only country artists I know. Um, well, I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, all Access Pass. You ever been to a concert? Uh, have you, has, has anybody ever, like, got, like, a backstage pass at a concert? Um, I was in a touring band for a while. There's, like, no way to say that and not sound like that guy, you know? Like, I hate ever sounding like that guy because, like, none of you would have ever heard of my band. You would have because it was the Great Commission and that's in the Bible. So you'd be like, oh, okay. So I thought I heard of you somewhere. I'd be like, yeah, it's in the Bible. Like, when Nobody knew who we were, okay? Um, but you have these like lanyards and stuff, and you could go anywhere in the venue when you're one of the when you're in the band, you know. And, and one of the motives of God, one of the motives of God in sending Jesus is this: is that God was saying, "I want you in my presence, but you cannot afford to pay the price or the cost of admission, because getting into my presence is very expensive." I have to. Um, Give it like two minutes before you come up, whoever's playing the keys. I don't know who is. 
give it like two, three minutes before you come up. But a little kind of jumping back to the Old Testament one more time to explain some stuff to just set the context. Um, there was what was called the Holy of Holies. No, junior hires, we're not talking about your socks and underpants. We're talking about <laughs> a place in, we've been to summer camp, y'all. We're talking about a place in the temple that was called the Holy of Holies. And there, w- there would have been a huge, gigantic, I guess what you could call like a curtain. They called it a veil. It was kind of like this, this huge curtain and veil. And that was the place where God's presence would stay. And the high priest would go into that place to hear from God and then come out of the Holy, Holy of Holies and then tell the people what God was saying. It was kind of a a sort of standard that was instituted by Moses, if you're familiar with Moses' story, where Moses would go on the top of Mount Sinai. He would hear from God on the mountain, and then he would come down to the people and talk to the people, right? He'd go on the mountain. He would talk to God. Moses would come off the mountain. The people would talk to Moses, and Moses would tell them what God said. You know, there's some some, uh, uh, religious uh, groups that still sitter like, hey, like, you still have to have somebody between you and God. And I would just tell you, you have direct access to God. That's one of the reasons Jesus died on the cross. Man, anybody else thankful for the fact that we have direct access to God? And like, I just think that's so cool. You would be pumped. You would be pumped if you had Justin Bieber's phone number. But you're like, yeah, access to the living God. That's cool, I guess. But what would happen with the Holy of Holies is that, is that, um, priests, it just got like really emotional. I'm about to tell you how priests used to die. <laughs> it's not funny, but it kind of is just because of the setting. Uh, priests would actually be like, all right, you guys, um, I'm going to go into the Holy of Holies to hear from God for us. But like, I'm pretty sure I've atoned for all my sins. But by the off chance that there is sin in my life and I, and I haven't atoned for it, like I missed it or I forgot about it or I couldn't remember it or I haven't really got around to sacrificing the little baby lamb and, 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 and atoning for my own sins. Well, oh gosh, just in case. Because what would happen is people would go into the Holy of Holies or people would get into the presence of God and if there was sin on their life, boom, they would drop dead in the presence of God because sin and God cannot coexist and be in the same place and space. And so what they do is like, I, I, it's so important for us to hear from God. I'll be the one to go in there, but man, in case there's sin in my life, tie a rope around my waist and I'm gonna have a bell tied to me as well. So as I walk in, if I drop dead, you're going to hear the bell. And I have the, the rope tied around my waist so you can pull me out of the Holy of Holies. Because you couldn't just go in there and pick him up. No, boom, you dropped dead too. There was sin on your life. See, that, that, that was like the whole, you know, God wanted to be with the people so bad One of the things that he did was as the Israelites were like leaving Egypt and they were going into the wilderness and then they were going to the promise, they were going from here to there, from here to there. God was like, oh my, I want to go with you. Like you're my people, you're my kids, I love you. God being all knowing is like, I haven't sent Jesus yet so there's not the atonement so you can't just have access to my presence. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build an ark something called the Ark of the Covenant. It's going to be this huge, really fancy, cool-looking box, and and I'm going to store my presence in there so I can go with you. And this thing was so gnarly that, like, you, like, I mean, you had to be perfect 
to be around this. this. One time, a guy tripped and he fell and he put his hand out to catch himself and he touched the ark and he died. It's like, whoa. Well, that's how gnarly the presence of God is. And God was like, I want you in my presence, but you can't pay the cost of admission because it's too expensive. Look what this says. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 to 51. We're going to kick it old school and go New King James Version. It says this, and Jesus cried out again. Jesus is on the cross right here in the process of being murdered. And he says with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, 51, then behold, the veil. Remember the curtain I told you about that was in the temple that was between the, the people and the Holy of Holies? It says the veil of the temple was torn in two. Listen to this, from top to bottom. Why from top to bottom? That's incredibly significant, you guys. Here's why. Because every single religion that's ever existed currently on the planet or in history, every single one has been man's desperate attempt to get to God. Our faith is the only one where God got to us. That's why he tore the veil from the top down to say, you couldn't get to me, so I came to you. You couldn't pay the price or the cost of admission, so I came to you. The best I have for like an all-access pass lanyard is my Spider-Man keychain and a license plate that has my name on it. <laughs> but like, it's what I had in my office, you guys. Cut me some slack. But when you're... When you're at a concert and, and you bought the all-access backstage pass, you paid big bucks for that. And you know, you know what you would probably do, like, if you had all-access pass to, like, fill in your favorite music artist? You were walking in and you were in the parking lot. You'd be like, oh, wait, I ain't trying to get jumped. <laughs> I mean, protect that thing. You know, if you were, if you were like walking around and somebody got too close, you'd be like, hey, back up. Like you're not, you're all access pass that cost you $3,000 or something. You're not like going into the restroom like, <laughs> and then someone behind you grabs it off your back. No, you would be like, oh man, I'm not going to bend this thing. I'm not going to break this thing. I'm going to take care of this thing. Why? Because you got that access at a very high cost. And you know what I'm scared of, you guys? I'm scared that familiarity is bred contempt. And that we've had such everyday, regular access into the presence of God that we're flippant with it. Now it's whatever. You guys, tonight we're, we're going to move into a moment of worship in a second. And the presence of God's going to be here. And realize that's only possible because Jesus was murdered and he paid the price for your all-access pass into God's presence. Because if, if we were here and we were worshiping and it was pre-Jesus and God showed up, who, who, anybody, anybody else here ever sinned? Raise your hand. Anybody messed up? Yeah, it's like all, that's what I love about bridge youth. Anybody ever sinned? Yep, me, right here. Yeah, me, twice. Oh, let me raise both hands real quick. Should I put my foot in the air? <laughs> like, dude, that means that if we're worshiping here, and God's presence were to show up pre-Jesus, we would all pfft, just be dead. And then we'd be in heaven with God like, dang it. 
God, why'd you have to show up? I didn't even have the chance to get married. Like a teenager, it's like, oh, Lord. It's like, Lord, we can't wait for you to return, but just like, wait a little while. <laughs> you know, sometimes during worship, um, I'll, I'll kind of just be off on the side in my own moment. And, and maybe some of you have noticed, maybe, maybe you have um, definitely don't do it to be noticed or care to be noticed but just once in a while I'll just find myself where I'll just kind of get on my knees and just kind of kneel before God um, and I don't know like I, I understand like for some who's like new to church you know like ah like that's kind of weird or whatever and, and that's okay like that you know if you haven't noticed I'm kind of a weird guy anyways who cares <laughs> um, normal is boring um you know why? It's because just once in a while, like you don't have to kneel every time you worship or every time you pray. Or, I mean, you pray anytime you want at any moment, all day. You can worship anytime you want. Like it's one of the things the cross purchased for us. But once in a while, I just want to put my my heart, my body, my spirit into a posture of humility in the presence of God. Because you guys, we're so good at relationship, but we're not great at reverence. And I get it, like I get it, like I'm so stoked that Jesus is like my best friend, right? Like I'm so stoked that God has made it so easy to access him. But I just don't want to forget that that was purchased at the highest of costs, the highest of prices. So once in a while, I just want to walk into God's presence kind of reverent. Just God, you're, you're so big and you're so good. And God, this moment that I'm kneeling in right now, it would have cost people their life before, but I have it. Like you freely gave this to me. Oh, how, how excited, how stoked I would be if I got to go backstage and talk to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> oh, Kendrick, how do you write such crazy bars? You're like, ah, how did you rap? over a funk album. It's so good. And yet I'm just like, eh, presence of God. Dude, like, all access pass. You know why? You know the motive? God wanted to be with you. And you couldn't pay the price. So he paid it for you. Man, he died for our freedom. He died for our healing. He died for all access pass craziest, coolest thing. So you remember that little thing called the Ark of the Covenant I was telling you about? I'm closing. This is wrapping up the message. 70% of your audience re-engages at the word closing or conclusion. So that was a win right there. Remember the Ark? I told you there's that box thing like that God put his presence in. It's like, ah, I want to go with you. But like, you can't be in my presence yet. You know what's happened since Jesus on the cross? You've become a little ark. You're a little ark. Look at your neighbor say, me. That's me. Because God's word says, this is so crazy. How crazy is this? God's presence before you trip, fall, and touch the box that it's in, you die. Now you're the box. God lives in you when you receive Jesus as your Savior. Well, how is it that God's presence can come live in me 
because of Jesus. And here's the thing. Babe, can you grab me my beautiful, wonderful illustration? The thing that'll just demonstrate to everybody how good and glorious God is. When you see a pizza box, what do you think? Pizza, right? I'm just going to go ahead and like (laughs) relieve you of your sorrows. There's no pizza in there, y'all. Used pizza box. Um, Before you start marching around like, (laughs) yeah, I'm a little arc, so tight. How much does a Costco pizza cost? You knew that quick, <laughs> Eli. He said nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's like ten bucks. Okay, ten bucks. Nobody's gonna pay ten bucks for a cardboard box, right? Because here's the thing: the vessel doesn't give value to the contents. The contents gives value to the vessel. Hopefully, somebody caught that. Say it one more time: the vessel, the box, does not give value to the pizza doesn't give value to the contents. The contents gives value to the vessel. We're broken vessels. The living God can live on the inside of us. Now, here's the thing. Hear me. Last thing. Wrapping up. Almost done. The vessel doesn't have to be awesome. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be perfect. Do you ever notice how, like, pizza boxes tend to fall apart and then you like can't get the little flap in the side anybody else love the little table that's on the like in the middle so cool they're so satisfying just like like so sick the vessel just has to be two things it's got to be clean it's got to be empty you don't want your pizza thrown into a box with like other stuff like what other stuff what's like in there is it a raccoon i don't want my pizza mixed up with a raccoon and that's got to be clean. Imagine this. <clears throat> Imagine you go to Costco. You go to Sam's Club. Kirkland is Costco. Imagine you go to Costco. Imagine you go to Domino's, wherever. And you're like, hey, yeah, what's up? Um, yeah, I got a large uh, pineapple pizza because pineapple belongs on pizza. Yes. And they're like, oh, oh, you got the large pineapple. And they go, yeah, yeah, just a sec. And they kind of come out from behind the counter and they go out the door. <laughs> And you see them run over to like the dumpster in the back and they grab a box and they're like, large pineapple, yeah, just sick. Here's your large pineapple. You'd be like, bro, did you just, you just grab that box out of the trash out back? Like, Yeah. But like, pizza's still in there. Like, I'm not paying for that. The vessel doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be phenomenal. It doesn't even have to be perfect. It's just got to be clean and empty. You're the vessel. But are you clean and empty? You can clean your body. Axe body wash, junior high boys. What's up? <laughs> But like Amazon does not sell any soap for your soul. And you are not capable of cleaning your spirit. Only Jesus, only Jesus can do that. So if you want God to come live on the inside of you, you want to become the, 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 the holder, the vessel 
that contains the spirit of the living God, you have to have Jesus come and wash me. The old hymn. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's beautiful. It's true. It's timeless. Everything you'd ever need was purchased for you on the cross, including the salvation of your sin and the washing away of that sin. All you have to do as it's extended by grace is receive it by faith. You're going to have that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If that's you, you would say, yeah, Corey, that's me. I, I want that. I want that freedom that you're talking about. Corey, I need healing. Corey, I want to be able to confidently walk into the presence of God, knowing that I'm redeemed and I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. That's you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive that by faith. I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you would, I, I just want you to lift your hand, put it right back down. If that's you, you want to accept Jesus. You want forgiveness for your sins, all your sins to be washed clean, washed away. This is why Jesus died for us. If that's you, when I get to three, just lift your hand, put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Amazing. Anybody else? Man, that's so cool, you guys. So proud of you. It's the best decision you'll ever make with your life. I promise you that. You can put your hands down. What we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. And, and for some of you, I know you're like, ah, I've never prayed before. Don't worry about it. I'm going to give you the words. And we're a family here at Bridge Youth, so we pray together. So right now, whether you're watching our online or you're in the room, would you just repeat these words right out loud, right after me, every single person in the room. Would you say this? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for receiving me, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, um, just know this, it's, it's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning of the journey, and, and we want to walk this journey out with you. We got a free gift for you called The Next Seven Days. It's, it's a video of literally me on your phone or your tablet or preferably not your smart TV um, with the surround sound on, uh, but it'll be me just kind of answering some questions. It took a long time piecing together and, and making these just so that we can get them into your hands so that it can answer some of the questions you might have. I had so many questions when I first gave my life to Jesus, and, and that might be you. 
We want to answer those questions. And we also want to connect you with somebody, with a leader. And so if you gave your life to Christ tonight, please, 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 before you leave, even if you want to do it right now, grab your phone, go to our Instagram, at bridgeyth underscore, and just DM us the words next seven. That's all you have to do. We'll take care of the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come find me, Amber, one of our leaders, and say, hey, I want next seven days, but I don't have Instagram. We'll find another avenue, another way to get you the next seven days. Hey, one more time, church family. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? So amazing. Hey, nobody is distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front for worship? Um, the other day, as you're heading to the front, um, the other day, Kenneth and I, uh, wherever, Keno and I, uh, we went to Rival Coffee and, and um, we thought that we were catching some of our students ditching school. Um, <laughs> We walk in, it's like Monday, and we're like, hey, what's up, girls? Like, how are you? Wait a minute. And I'm like, shouldn't you be at school? And they're like, oh. And I was like, we're, are we? I was like, oh, gosh, okay. Like, tricky moment. Do I, like, be the cool youth pastor that doesn't tell their parents? Or do I, like, tell their parents? Because I know these kids, and their parents go to our church, and I have their phone numbers. What do I do? And they're like, no, 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 no. Our parents know that we're not at school right now, and they're like, "We're," they're like, "We're, we're, we're protesting." And I was like, "Oh, you're protesting school by going to a coffee shop and doing your schoolwork. You really stuck it to the man." <laughs> but I was like, yeah, "Cool, like, totally for your right to to, to protest and everything. Super rad." Um, but then, like, one of the girls there, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but one of the girls there was like, "Hey, Corey." Um, can I just say thank you? Thank you for what you guys do at Bridge Youth. And she just shared, like, I come from a really, really religious background, from another, um, from a different religion, from a different faith group. And, yeah, this faith group, she, I mean, she talked about hurt and, and stuff that she experienced and all of that. And the biggest thing that kind of stuck out to me was she's like, it's like there was like, you know, that's kind of how I, I was hearing it from her. She's like, it's like there were so many walls placed between me and God. And I just never felt like I could connect with God. But then I went to Bridge Youth. And it was like every single one of those walls were broken down. And I've had so many genuine, authentic, real encounters with the Lord. And can I tell you, I've heard so many of those stories over the past few years. I don't know. I, I think it's just something unique that God's doing here right now with us. It's that people who come from, because whatever background you might come from, maybe you come from literally no religious background at all. Maybe you come from a different religious background. Like, this can be family. We love you. We're so stoked you're here. And, and you can even experience God because... On the cross, Jesus broke down every single wall between you and God. You don't have, can I tell you? I love to pray for you. I love praying for people. I love praying with people. And last week, so many students just stopping and praying together for stuff going on in, in, in lives and all this week praying. But can I tell you, you, you don't need me. I'm the unnecessary middleman. 
because you have direct access to God. The veil has been torn, and it was torn from the top down. And I think we should just spend a few moments that all access in God's presence. Here's my hope, you guys, that we'd realize the high cost it took for us to step into his presence. And what we have right here in this moment so incredibly valuable. Would you do me a favor? Would you just close your eyes? If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? God, in this moment, for those who need freedom, I declare in Jesus' name, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I declare healing for any and everyone who needs healing. Jesus, you said, the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Your spirit is here. So in your presence, we worship you. We praise you.